Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 145 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. So uh, there's really not much in the way of Mets news. It's the early part of the offseason, which is often very, very quiet before the winter meetings. Um, but we do have a couple of tidbits that have happened over the past week or so. Um, the first one is not even really Mets news, but it be- because of the nature of it, it becomes Mets news. Um, David Stern stepped down as president of baseball operations of the Brewers, um, which is kind of fueling rumors that he might become the next Mets president of baseball operations. Um, the Mets were interested in Stern's last off season. If you all recall, while we were doing our, uh, Mets front office search, uh, rumors podcasts last off season, um, but they were denied permission to interview him by Brewer's ownership at the time. So that kind of just like put the kibosh on that. Um, but, you know, he was a Mets intern. Uh, the Mets, like, it, it's no secret that the Mets really coveted him. And it was possible that they were going to try to pursue him later. They were going to, they instead hired, obviously, Billy Epler to be GM. But I think that they kind of had put Stearns on the back burner and thought that they might pursue him later to act above Epler as president of baseball operations. Um, 
Stearns remains under contract in Milwaukee under an advisory role. Um, so anyone who did want to hire him away from the Brewers would still need permission from Brewers ownership to interview him. And that's kind of, I, at least I suspect, I, I have no actual evidence of this, but I suspect it's a play by ownership to get like any team would have to trade something to the Brewers and to get compensation. Um, so the Brewers would get compensation for Stearns if he left before his contract. Um, well, and also Cohen did say that they're happy with Epler right now or some like, like owner speak that's like, yeah. no, no, we're really like, and it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> A vote of confidence, if you will. Although like, yeah. you know, like him saying that doesn't prohibit this because again, like it wouldn't be like Stearns would be replacing Epler. He would just be kind of acting as president of baseball operations while Epler was still GM. I mean, he would become Epler's boss suddenly, but um, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if Epler would have an issue with that. I, I think that they are friendly, Epler and Stearns, uh, is my understanding, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Um, well, and Sandy was there with Epler, so he had to right. report to somebody. Yeah. Sandy, it's interesting because Sandy, you know, he stepped, he sort of stepped away from baseball operations, but was still team president. And that was mostly just like a business side thing. Um, and, and he did, Sandy Alderson did announce at the end of this season, like back in September, that he would step down as team president once a replacement is found that like, he basically is just like, serving until they find somebody else. And I think that if they put somebody in that president of baseball operations role, then Sandy would step away. They would not be concurrent with each other. I mean, it, it was definitely time for Sandy to go. And yes. <laughs> I think, I think they do need, I mean, Cohen denied saying that they needed to, somebody Bob Epler, but I really think that they do need a Pobo, if you will. Um, Cause it just seems like Epler can't handle all things at once. I mean, right. this is just anecdotally. Uh, I mean, I have nothing to back it up with, but um, he's very good at the obvious stuff, but it's the little things that I don't have full confidence in him with. Right. Like clearly, I mean, to me, like they clearly had a very good off season, um, yeah. last off season, but they had a very poor trading deadline. I think that everyone, almost everyone, agrees at this point that it was a bad trading deadline. Um, whether you think having a better and it cost one, them dearly, yes, yes, it did. Um, whether you think them having a better one would have actually like saved the season in the end, it's impossible to say. But it's it's obvious that they had a bad that the Mets had a bad trading deadline and that, I don't know if a good trade deadline wins them one more game. I'm yeah. I think it does. That. I think it does. And I mean, like, listen, like Michael Givens ended up being fine in the end, you know? Yeah. Um, Like he had those really bad few like appearances early um, and then settled in and was ultimately fine. But even if he didn't have one of those like bad, blow-ups maybe the Mets win the division because they win one more game yeah or the I mean not trading for anybody 
Because Ruff was actively hurting the team. Like yeah, maybe somebody else comes up with a big hit, like in a in a pressure situation, or like scoring one run when they, the offense was in a slump at the end of the year. Maybe somebody else comes through where others failed. You just, I mean, it's impossible to say, but chances are good they could have won. What? That's all it came down to was one game. And- right. And and I'm not pretending that the Mets would have gotten the production out of J.D. Davis that the Giants got because the Mets like clearly weren't like smart enough to fix J.D. Davis and the Giants <laughs> did something the Mets weren't able to do. Um, but like rough was worse than J.D. Davis was before he was traded. Like he was that bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was just Ruff like might have been like one of the worst players in the league after they traded for him. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um he had more value as a as a reliever than he yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, he he did pitch uh, two scoreless innings or whatever it was. Or was it three scoreless innings? I don't even remember. Maybe three. It was two or three <laughs> scoreless innings, um, which is impressive. The only position player to pitch, if I recall, uh, all year. Once. Just one May time. Might have been. Yeah. Nicky Orsay never did? Mm-mm. I don't think no? so. I think it was just no, that was last year. Hmm. Um, but as far as uh, Stearns is concerned, <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, it looks like, I mean, he said during his press conference when he was announcing that he was stepping away, like he made it seem like he legitimately wanted to stay through the end of his contract. He said, like, I'm not leaving Milwaukee and that he really did just want to like spend more time with his family, um, which is always like the trope that like guys say like to spend more time with my family, but it seems like he means it. I don't know. I mean, it might've just been like what he he was saying, what they needed to hear and what he kind of had to say because he's still under contract. Um, But it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the Mets are going to pursue him at this time. Um, Nothing seems imminent. Um, And so I think that like, this is going to be like a circle back after next season thing when his contract is up and then maybe the Mets will bring him in um but like I don't think it's going to be that simple because Stearns is 37 years old one of the most well-respected executives in the game I doubt that the Mets are going to be the only team interested here (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah they're um but I don't know. Like, if he does have that relationship with the Mets, does it give them a leg up? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, like, I don't know if he, like, really wants to. Like, I don't know if he's, like, itching to be with the Mets, if he, like, really, really wants it. Like, all I know is searching that he, for. All I know is that like, the Mets really want him, and he's he has a past with the organization. Um, like, does he want a more developed analytics staff or like, what's he searching for in an organization? Like one that he wants to develop or one that he has more control over? I don't know. Or one that's like already has a good reputation and is established and, you know, he knows he has a greater chance of success. I mean, obviously the Mets have the financial means to support him, but as far as like, you know, like are they at the same level as the top tier organizations in analytics and player development? They're getting there, but not yet. Like there's still, there's, they still have some ways to go. And so it's just a It'll question probably of whether, take a long time. Yeah. It's just a <laughs> question of whether very far behind. Stearns wants to build that or whether he wants it already in place. 
for example, Astros GM Jim Click's job is reportedly in jeopardy, um, despite the fact that the Astros are currently playing in the World Series. Um, <laughs> and so and Stearns once served as assistant GM in that organization, which I know has had a lot of turnover in part because of the cheating scandal. But they are a they have a good reputation as far as analytics and player development are concerned. Um, so who knows? Who knows what will happen? And I mean, uh, Cash Brian Cashman's job is technically he's not under contract past this current season. That just yeah. ended. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like every indication is that he will be back with the Yankees, but the Yankees having you know not won a World Series in you know what is considered a long time for them uh, oh. and, making, and making the playoffs year <laughs> after year only to fall short and get beaten by the Astros every year. I, the fans are a little antsy. People are pissed. And I think that a lot of them are uh, looking for Cashman's head. I don't know. Uh, but I think that that it seems I don't like think- a lot of them were, but I, whether internally the organization, I, I think the bigger shock was Boone coming back. Yes, I think that people really wanted him gone, and he seems to, he's coming back, so. If anybody was going to be the fall guy, I think it would have been Boone, but, yeah. so, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know, maybe Cashman wants a, a change of scenery after how many years has he been with the organization? A long time. Yeah. And I guess it depends on how you look at it, like, on one hand, Cashman is one of the longest tenured GMs in baseball, if not the longest tenured. Um, but that that means one of two things. Either, I mean, it can mean kind of both these things, but there's kind of two sides of the coin. There's, on one hand, it's a very stable, like, uh, front office. And so that can be viewed as a positive thing. But it can also be viewed as, like, the, they're stale and, you know, we need something fresh. Um I don't know. I don't know how the Yankees. Well, that was that was part of the problem with the Mets too. Was that their front office was viewed as turmoil the past few years. So I don't yes. think they want to completely make too many changes in so quick a time period. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe they just stand pat another year and see what happens. Yeah. Stearns would be an awesome get, though. I mean. Yeah. Seems like he he is well respected. He knows what he's doing. He, I mean, I know that he did the the Josh Hader trade, and that was was he trying to get fired in hindsight? Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder. Like, was it like putting on our tinfoil hats? Like, was it a ploy to get him to to step? De- like, was it a ploy for him to step away? And for him to go to a new organization, I don't know. Like, well, so let me butterfly effect this. David Stern's tanking the Brewers leads to the Phillies winning the World Series. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> David Stern's trying to get trying to step away or get fired, and the Phillies won the World Series because of it. Christ! Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's totally Hader happened. Trade. Like, Won the Phillies yeah. the World Series. Yep. Like, like okay, I want to be hired by the Mets. Let me get fired. And then it ends up helping the Phillies. That would that would be the way of it, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. That would be the way like, of it. 
Like I'm, I firmly believe this now. Yeah, this is our this is our new running uh, running conspiracy theory on a pot of their own. David Stearns <laughs> won the Phillies the World Series. The World Series. <laughs> oh God. Oh Christ. Uh, the World Series, oh. which is still happening, by the way. Um, the the uh, series is tied at one game apiece. Game three was supposed to happen last night and got rained out, so it's happening tonight. Um, but. Uh, guess who's playing in the World Series? JT Riomuto. Guess who now reports have come out that the Mets showed interest in and ghosted, promptly ghosted JT Riomuto. <laughs> that is... It wasn't the narrative that he didn't want to come here to. It was the narrative, but that turns out to not be the case at all in yeah. his own words. It was completely false. It's yeah, completely it was a false. complete lie. I, this is this is one of the more infuriating Mets stories of recent past. Um, like basically what happened was, and this is not the first time the Mets have done this to a player, by the way. It's just kind of the mm-hmm. most consequential of them doing this. They basically called JT Riomuto last offseason and said, we're really interested in you. You're like a top priority for us. And he said, great, awesome. And then they just never followed up with him. Are you kidding? <laughs> and then they go and sign McCann before Real Muto signed. Yeah, and then they so signed James they, McCann before Real Muto even signed with the Phillies. So it's not like he said, okay, great, and then immediately signed with the Phillies. They still had time. Right. Like, they did this to Syndergaard, remember, if you if you yep. recall. Syndergaard said himself, like, the Mets basically never followed up with me. And, I mean, like... We can we can be angry and blame this on incompetence, and there's certainly a lot of blame to go around here. But it's also like a function of the fact that the Mets, like the Mets front office, was in flux, and they basically it's clear they had nobody running the show. Like, yep, they had nobody running the show because didn't Loop say that too? Didn't they miss out on Loop because he didn't know who to like respond to? Who to respond to? Yeah, there was some. There was some like. There was somebody I can't remember. I thought it was Loop, but yeah, (laughs) it definitely happened with Syndergaard. It also happened with Sean Doolittle, by the way. Like I don't like this is what happens when you can. I I have no words, and like that doesn't help that Real Muto just won the Gold Glove today too. Like just keep twisting that knife. Yeah, right. Jeez. I mean, Tomas Nito was a finalist, but that Tomas Nito is not your everyday catcher. He should not be your everyday catcher. Right. He's You're fine p- as a backup. He's fine as a backup. You pay $40 what... million for a guy. You expect him to be your everyday catcher. Right. And, like, I don't know. We had a whole conversation in Slack about this. I don't know what the Mets are going to do next year with McCann. Are they, yeah. are they, are they going to cut him? They kind of have to. What are they going to yeah. do? Carry three catchers? They can't demote Francisco Alvarez at this point. But can they just hand the job to him? I mean, yes. They like they if they send him like if they send him back down in the minors, they're doing service time manipulation, and then he's going to file yeah, a grievance. Yeah. <laughs> they deemed him ready yeah. this year. They decided he was ready. I mean, I guess they could right. pretend they could do the like he needs to work on his defense, and I guess it would be believable because. They think that his catching skills need seasoning, but like they've kind of let that cat out of the bag already. Like he's ready. So yeah. like, what are they going to do? 
DH Alvarez and carry three catchers? That'd be silly. And so they either have to cut James McCann, not bring back Nito, like non-tender Tomas Nito, which would be very silly in my opinion since he's so cheap um, and, you know, is a perfectly serviceable backup catcher. Um, yeah. Or they have to do a, and I, I think they're going to try their, their damnedest to do this. They're going to have to like trade him for some other teams like bad contract. <laughs> like, yeah. cause that's the only way you're going to be able to trade James McCann is if you take some other similar type of situation, like an overpaid guy, just yeah. an overpaid guy who plays a position that they need more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And who, I don't know who won't hurt you as much. I don't yeah, know. Like I have no idea. Or like I don't or, know. Like a a better player than James McCann, but who makes even more because the Mets can take on payroll. I don't know. Or you just trade Alvarez for Otani, <laughs> and then you, you you just take what you can get with McCann. I mean. <laughs> If it means Shohei Otani's on the Mets, then yes, please go ahead. <laughs> that solves your three catcher problem. I mean, it doesn't solve your James McCann problem, it, it but it does also not. Solve, but it gives you more offense, more than maybe you can tolerate your James McCann problem. Extremely sound of music voice. How do you solve a problem like McCann? Like, yeah, this is this is basically it. Like, it is. Yes, he's in one of their biggest question marks next year. Yes. Yes. Well, besides the pitching staff, but he's, he's a problem. Like, I mean, last year, like he, he was injured for a huge chunk of the season. And when he wasn't injured, he was unrosterable. He was unplayable. Like he, like his offense was like just as bad as Tomas Nito. I think he was worse. No, I think his overall numbers ended up being better because he had that like one week where he like went off. Remember? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Actually, when he plays first base, somehow he actually gets hits. So maybe we should just oh, that's make true. him like James a back McCann first, base. first base. Can he be like Pete's backup? Because I think the Dom Smith era is come oh, to an end. I, yeah, over. Sadly, Dom Smith is going to be non-tendered. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, because they didn't even call him up at the end of the year, so that kind of tells you what their what their thinking is on Dom Smith. The Mets had this like three headed Hydra at DH to start the season, and none of those guys finished the season on the twenty six man roster. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Robinson Cano, JD Davis, and Dom Smith. Only Smith remains in the organization. And, oh God! And was in the minor leagues. Yeah. That I mean, catcher and DH were, were, were the Mets' two biggest problems all year. It, yep, that's what it was. And they oh. could have not had the catcher problem, but instead they just like didn't text JT Real Muto's agent back. Very good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome well, job. And that was. Acting, on, that, that acting was, like you're on goddamn Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> and we knew going into the season that was their biggest issue was another bat. And they ignored it. Like, how could you go in 
Like after JD had wrist surgery, Dom struggled all year, and Robinson Cano was suspended. And that was your plan at DH? That was their plan. That was their master plan. <laughs> but, but why? <laughs> I don't know. It turned out for most of the season, like, yeah, it was horrible, but it, it like the rest of the offense was so good that it didn't matter. It didn't but it's still just like such a waste. And but it did it did matter. You lost by one game. Yeah, yeah. It did and matter. It ended up mattering. It's and it's such just like a kick to the you know what because like J- their two biggest their two big biggest weaknesses on the team. I mean the bullpen was one too, but like okay, we'll just yeah. talk about the lineup. We're catcher. They could have solved that by signing JT Realmuto. What is JT Realmuto instead doing? playing catcher for the Phillies in the world series. Okay. The other one DH guess what team benefited the most from the DH spot, the team playing in the world series, the Philadelphia Phillies. They made their entire team out of DH and it worked. (laughs) They made their whole team out of DHs and it worked. I made fun of them and it worked. I did too. And I'm pissed about it. I made my most viral tweet I've ever tweeted about that. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I made a tweet that was like the Phillies took universal DH to mean make your entire team out of DHs. It got like five thousand likes, and now they're in the World Series. <laughs> oh no! Only the worst timeline that we live in. Oh, this is this is this is literally hell. Oh my god! <laughs> I just. <laughs> like oh, like Schwarber was available. They could assign Schwarber. Yeah. Instead of trying to be a, a good defensive team or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did help. They were good at defense. They were. And they weren't like it was fun to laugh at the Phillies when they weren't, but yeah. it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Well, and the Phillies were very bad defense. at defense, to be clear. Yes, they were. But also the Phillies made smart moves at the deadline. Yeah, the Phillies tried at the trading deadline. That's why, again, everyone complaining about the format. I don't mind it because it forces teams to try that wouldn't have tried otherwise. Yeah. At the deadline. And like we said, the the Astros are AL, so it's not like, you know, the, the system completely fell apart. The team right. you expected to make made it, made it. Yeah, in the American League, the the top seeded teams advanced. Yeah. So, and know. and the Phillies went for it. and so like the Phillies, the Phillies have JT Realmuto, they have Harper, they have Wheeler, they have Nola. Like it's not like they're the 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 Guardians here or the Rays. Like they have a payroll. They're not some ragtag bunch of guys that pulled off the street. I know. They were they were expected to be good. They were. Yeah. It's it it's yeah, it is kind of frustrating how people are calling them the underdog, which like they are in the sense of like the seeding and their record, but they underperformed in the regular season. Like they were yeah. supposed to be better than this. And so now they're showing it in the playoffs, which good for them. Whatever. Hmm. <sighs> You know, I will never give the Phillies credit. Never. (laughs) 
I can't. I can't. This is oh, the past five years have been the Nationals, the Braves, and now the Phillies. What Marlins. do we have? 2023 Miami Marlins juggernauts. Get ready. Can't wait. Yep. Just so every fan base in the division can laugh at us. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. And what can we say? We have no leg to stand on. No. I'm just like, gonna... ooh, we have a rich owner. Well, what's that getting us right now? I'm just a, I'm, all I can do right now is uh, be a hater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and live off that, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's like your hate of life, your hate fuels me. Yes, seriously. I but mean. it's just it's sad and depressing. Like, why does every other family like the like Phillies were legit embarrassment? Everybody was laughing at them. But they get their happy ending. I think we already said this. Yes. Like, why, why is it like LOL, LOL Mets? We don't get a happy ending. We just get more ridicule. Yeah, I know. It's kind of annoying. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why this is always our thing but other fan bases get a happy ending it's not fair maybe someday yeah then it doesn't help that like you know we could lose jake we could lose diaz yeah like, really our best did, players could all go yeah it really did then what, like now what? 2022 was our best shot for a while we'll see hmm. i mean we'll see if steve cohen just balls out and spends tons of money uh, we need to we need to call somebody's agent to piss him off. Like, what's this year's version of Stephen Matz's Stephen Matz? How come like JT Muto's agent didn't piss anybody off? Yeah, the Mets just ghosted him, and like, why why couldn't the why couldn't his agent have pissed off someone? Or McCann's agent pissed off yeah. someone. Why couldn't why couldn't James McCann's agent have spurned Steve Cohen and made him rage sign JT Riamuto? Why? <laughs> why I ask. <laughs> anyway. Um I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just um, it's, it's depressing. It really is. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Some very unfortunate news that is like Mets adjacent, uh, but it's mostly it's mostly wider baseball, but it's like Mets adjacent in the sense that it involves Marcus Stroman, former Met. Um, so I guess we kind of have to like, backtrack to explain this and start from the beginning um if you've been living under a rock for the past i don't know like month or so like couple weeks even i don't know time is fake and when 
things happen on the internet, like I forget the time frame over which they happened. Um, <laughs> but uh, Kanye West was recently suspended from Instagram for 30 days for making anti-Semitic tweets and like not just anti or not tweets posts uh not just yeah. anti-semitic like threatening violence against jews um and so and he's like gone fully off like about like just like gone like he's not doing dog whistles he's like doing full-on bigotry on on yeah he went media. he went all in yeah like i mean he was threatening violence basically yeah i mean he didn't he say he was gonna go like death con three or something yes. it was really bad yes, those it was are really, his really exact bad. words yeah and so he got suspended from social media or from instagram and i mean he like a bunch of people like rightly like said hey adidas when are you gonna drop kanye from your like like stop sponsoring him because that's how he get, like his his shoes are adidas brand shoes yeah his shoe line uh, his sneaker line and so like he lost a bunch of sponsors because adidas uh severed ties with him and so did like other companies he was working with i think and yeah uh, woe is him he is no longer a billionaire now because he lost so much oh money. no um oh, so the it tragedy kind of, of it i mean not that it started with him because like the like the rhetoric around like on social media and like elsewhere has been like ratcheting up for a while now like we can't pretend that this like new wave of anti-semitism started with kanye west but it's kind of the beginning of this story so he's like a prominent you know person who has been saying openly anti-semitic and violent things online and then kyrie irving uh of the brooklyn nets recently had a similar issue he wasn't like outright threatening violence in the same way that kanye was but he was like you know promoting anti-semitic things on his social media and he like he did the whole like i'm just sharing ideas like bullshit um oh, like, he also like yeah that docu documentary is documentary like yeah on amazon prime about like you know basically it's it's like black israelite stuff it's like it's like you know black people are the true jews and so like we should eliminate the white jews more or less is the rhetoric um being promoted by documentaries documentaries <laughs> like that yeah we're putting um, that in quotes yeah. and so kyrie irving like like tweeted about it on his platform or like liked a tweet or like shared it and so He's, you know, well, I want to say he's in trouble, but he's not really. <laughs> people no, he's are, still playing. People are mad at him, but he's not facing any actual consequences from the NBA, which made like a sad half-baked statement or the Brooklyn Nets or whatever. He's not facing any actual consequences so far for it. Um, no. When it comes to his playing career, but people are, people know about it and are angry. And it's, like, been no, like, secret that Kyrie Irving is kind of a dick. It's been true for a while now. He was an anti-vaxxer, very prominent anti-vaxxer as well. Um, yeah. And also really faced no consequences for that. I mean, he couldn't, like, play. But, like, it wasn't because, like, the, the Nets didn't want him to. It was because of, like, city rules, if I recall correctly. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't because of, like, the Nets not, <laughs> the Nets punishing him in any way. 
Yeah, but he could play. They would have let him play. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. be clear. Let's be real about that. Exactly. So that's kind of like the backdrop of all of this. Um, now, Marcus Stroman liked a bunch of tweets about like how Kyrie is being unfairly maligned, basically, is like more or less the rhetoric and made tweets about like how think about who controls the media and all that stuff, which like. We talk about how Kanye's Kanye's posts are like outright violence. This is dog whistly stuff, but like yeah. if you've been if you've been like on this planet for any stretch of time and have opened a history book in your life, you know that this is the oldest anti-Semitic trope in the book, talking about how a certain demographic controls the media and like controls everything and all that stuff. Um, well, isn't that the whole thing with Soros, like Soros yeah. controls our thing? Yeah. Yes, yes, that is absolutely the rhetoric and the dog whistling that the right does. Um, and it's 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 anti-Semitic hate. It's bigotry. Um, and so, like one of the tweets that Marcus Stroman liked was from known known right-wing nutjob Jason Whitlock saying cowards ripping Kyrie Irving for retweeting a documentary that is being promoted on Jeff Bezos Amazon platform a certain demographics thoughts are heavily policed while others are free to think whatever they want like come on we we all know what this is and so Mm -hmm. people rightly called him out on it and said like hey why are you making these why are you liking these anti-semitic tweets and making like vaguely anti-semitic statements on your twitter And he was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I like I'm just saying the media controls things. And we're just like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, you know what you're saying. Yeah. And he wouldn't like outright like I, you know, who knows if he saw it, but I tweeted it. I'm like, well, then there's an easy way to clear this up. You could easily say, like, I stand with those of the Jewish faith. Like, and he refused. He refused to say anything. It's a and a bunch of people said that to him, like a bunch of people said, "Okay, like, fine, you don't like the media, whatever. Just say you don't have a problem with Jews and we can move on. And he just wouldn't say it. He just wouldn't say it. He replied to a bunch of other people, but nobody asking him to say, like, straight up, do you deny that this is anti-Semitism or like, will you say that you don't have an issue with Jewish people or that you're fine with Jewish people? You stand with Jewish people. Nope, wouldn't say it. Like, okay, if we misinterpreted something, okay, but there's a way you can clear that up. And he never did. Yeah, he just kept like, so the first tweet that he made that like started it all was, quote, be conscious of the world and who is controlling the narrative. And he tweeted Mm. that kind of at the same time that he was liking all these tweets about Kyrie Irving. So it's like that context taken together, you kind of know what's going on here. And then like, and then a bunch of people, that's when a bunch of people start calling him out. And then he just kept doubling down on media controls the narrative. That's it. Crazy to see people jump to conclusions off a generalized thought and think and like just kept saying like, oh, you're making a controversy off of my general statements about the media. And he just kept being like, oh, the media, the media, the media. And it's like, who exactly do you mean? Be specific, sir. Well, he even like retweeted a tweet that was like, he doesn't owe you clarity. Yes, he does. Yeah, you do. When if you you're t- going to tweet something like this, you owe us clarity. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it would be very, very easy to be clear about this. But yeah. he's not being clear about this because he's being a coward. 
Yes. And he knows what he believes in, too, which is clearly these anti-Semitic tropes that Kyrie Irving believes in because he liked a bunch of the uh, tweets about the documentary. Right. Exactly. And so this is just, like, extremely disappointing. Like, I mean, given his past online behavior... I'm not necessarily shocked by this, but I, but we, I, like this podcast, defended him a lot longer yep. than a lot of Mets fans did. A lot of Mets fans disliked Stroman for a long time because of the way he acted online, which was just very outspoken, but mostly outspoken for the right things like racial justice. And, mm-hmm. you know, like he's tweeted a lot of like pro LGBTQ things before and things like that. Um, but this this is awful like there's really no like there's really no dancing around it this is bad this is really really bad um and it's really really disheartening to see from these prominent people um i mean like you know we've known kanye west has had abhorrent views for a long time uh we've known that kyrie irving is an anti-vaxxer and the like but but just to see like how much it's how much this like anti anti-Semitic rhetoric is accepted, even among like like kind of quote left circles is really, really upsetting. Um well, and it's just and like I can't I can't defend you anymore, Marcus. Like I no. can't like this is really no. bad. I wish that you would just simply address it, but instead well, he's just like, Oh, I just meant the media. Like well, that's the other thing. Like, there's no consequences to it. Nobody punished Kyrie. So, of course, Strowman's going to think, well, it's fine. I can do that, too. Yeah, no, nothing is going to happen. About, like, no, nobody, like, MLB never issued any statement. The Cubs never issued any statement. Nobody cared. In the in baseball circles, nobody cared this happened. Right. And, like, it's just, like, imagine... I, I I hate to say, imagine if this type of stuff was being said about any other marginalized group. Yeah. it st- Something would be done, I feel like. Well, that but, was his argument. Like, oh, on Twitter, like, people are saying the N-word now. Both things are bad. Both things are bad, and people are really upset about that. Yes. About, you know, the way that, the way that, you know, on Elon Musk's Twitter... Like, yeah. you know, Ugh. hate speech is being allowed to run free and Nazis are not being suspended on platforms and things like it is a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Like, I detest bigotry in all of its forms. And like, I don't know, this is just like a bigger problem. Like, I was just talking to Michael about this, like literally an hour ago. Um, Like, this is a bigger problem with society where like, these issues with like all this anti-Semitic stuff, like any, they can frame it as any criticism of it is anti-Black racism. Because let's be real about like Stroman's past online behavior. People didn't like it and it was racially motivated a lot of the time. And so like, that was why I was always eager to defend him and to stand with him because I felt that you know, a lot of it was people not liking an outspoken black player saying what he thought. And, but he can continue to paint it as, look at me, I'm being persecuted because I am an outspoken black player. Um, And 
it's the same thing. I, I liken it to when um, when turfs talk about trans people and when you criticize their anti-trans bigotry, they say, oh, you are you're hurting women. You're hurting feminism. Yeah, like J.K. Rowling. Exactly. Exactly. She can say, oh, no, you're attacking women. You're attacking feminism. And in these cases with the anti-Semitic rhetoric, you can say they can say, oh, no, you're you're doing anti-black racism. And this is exactly what white supremacists and Nazis want. This is exactly what they want for marginalized groups to turn on each other instead of standing united against forces that would eliminate both groups (laughs) if they had the chance. Yeah. Like we can all like we can whole we contain multitudes. We can say many things are bad without marginalizing another group. Like it's all bad. It's all bad. Anti-black racism and using the N-word and anti-black slurs is extremely bad. You know what's also bad? Doing (laughs) anti-Semitism. Like it's all bad. It's all bad. Like I it's like blaming another marginalized group for your own oppression is 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 the divide and conquer strategy that they want. Exactly. Like you said, that's what white supremacists want. Yes, it is. And it makes me sad. Um, So, I I mean, I hope that this won't become a bigger thing in among baseball players. Um, But yeah, it sucks because I used to be a huge fan of Strowman's. I know. I know. Yeah. And... I, like when I tweeted about this, I got accused by someone of like only being mad about this because he's not on the Mets anymore. And like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about it if he was still on the Mets. Like, have you like looked at my tweets at all or like the history of my podcast <laughs> and how mad <laughs> I've been at Mets players while they're still on the Mets for like doing bad shit? Jose Reyes. Like Jose Reyes. <laughs> of this. Um, if he was still on the Mets, trust me, believe me, I'd be just as pissed. In fact, I'd probably be even more pissed because I'd have to watch that guy put on my, my team's uniform every day. Yeah. So, um, and it hurts. It sucks. It sucks. I feel for Cubs fans right now. I feel for Jewish Cubs fans right now. And I know, I know Jewish players in the league. Yeah. Jewish players in the league. Yeah. How do you like face somebody knowing, like, I know, this isn't new because like racism has been a part of baseball since its inception, basically. Um, But now like the Jewish players know he actively hates them. Yep. I mean, and blames them for all his problems. If anyone, he should know what that feels like because I'm sure that he's had to face players who have used the N word before. Yeah. He should know. So how that feels. I was going to say he doesn't like it. And, but you're now you're saying it's okay for another marginalized group to just have to put up with it? Yeah. And again, like, he's not using slurs. He's not, like, it's not the same as, like, openly advocating for violence the way that Kanye was doing. But these, these are, these are the oldest tricks in the book. This is exactly what Nazis, like, this is the same rhetoric Nazis used about yeah. Jews controlling the world and all that stuff. Like that is, it's the same thing. It's the same thing again. And, and, and that's real. That's the scary part. It's very scary. I don't. It's it makes me sad. Um, 
but I think that we can all, or like at least, you know, hopefully people that listen to this podcast can all agree that we should be opposing bigotry in all its forms and standing up to it whenever we can and hoping that the sports teams and leagues that we care about are going to do something about it, even though nothing is ever done about it. I mean, you know, part of the fallout of this Kyrie Irving thing is that I mean, the Nets have been playing very badly and then they just fired their coach and they hired a coach who, you know, like had sexual misconduct allegations against him. Yep. So that's great. Like nothing changes in sports ever. <laughs> nothing changes in sports ever. Like he just, you know, they they just ha- like he was literally suspended by the Celtics, by his former team for these for for sexual misconduct um, for having a well, a uh i don't know how to put this like it's very nebulous whether it was consensual uh sexual relationship with a subordinate they're calling it inappropriate inappropriate um yeah that's like the uh the buzzword an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate and he was supposed to be suspended for this season he was by the celtics but like, yeah. you know, he wasn't suspended by the league. So the Nets have just hired him and now he's going to coach that. Cool. <laughs> what a mess. Nothing ever changes. These dudes just keep getting jobs. They... Doesn't matter. Nothing matters. They don't care. It's... The suspension means that that's like, you know, when Ozuna was suspended and the Astros traded for him because yep. they actively wanted somebody because the Blue Jays were like, well, we're not benefiting from this. So the Astros did. They they benefited from his domestic violence suspension. Yep, because the it, it dropped his price tag. Yep. Yep. It's pathetic. Even nothing like changes. Quote unquote punishments don't work and mean nothing. Yeah. So uh, it's just like Stuff needs to, the Mets need to start signing players or we're going to have to keep talking about stuff like this, which I don't want to talk about. No. It's important to talk about it. It's important to talk about it. Um, so we'll, But we we'll, have we'll like some good news, something. I would, like, I would like some things to start happening that aren't the Phillies and the Ashers playing in the World Series so <laughs> that we can talk about those things. Um, but for now, we will do walk-off wins (laughs) where he just talks about (laughs) something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Cerovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Because I'm an idiot, I went to City Field. (laughs) That's still Um, very awesome, though. It is. Um, You know, it's like you got to, it was like called like Met for a day. They're basically trying to sell you season ticket plans. But, um, but you got to like, a tour you got to see like all the like this stuff you don't really get to see um like the clubhouse the dugout you got to be on the field um you got to take batting practice um so it like when you first when you went like you walked in through the players entrance and as soon as you walk in it says kids zone and stroller parking and they said that's what didn't they our ticket rep said that is actually what sold Scherzer because he saw how family friendly it was. I was like, wow, really? And he said, yeah, they added their stroller parking 
And it's something that Scherzer really like resonated with him because he saw how invested they were in families. And that's said, really that's cool. cool. Yeah, I was like, that's really awesome. <laughs> um, so it was, it was really cute. I mean, we didn't go in the kids zone, but they said they have like a lot of stuff for the kids to like, cause like for them, it's like, oh, our dad's work again. Like <laughs> this just becomes like, you know, they get bored. So, um, so they have like a little room for them with like games and stuff that they can like hang out in. And they said the wives, they're like, when you walk in, like, oh, you see our strollers lined up. So that way in the stroller parking, so that way, like they're not fumbling with it and that, that it actually became really convenient for them. So I was like, wow, that's really awesome. And then so, and then also another thing which makes total sense, but I never thought of before that in like, well, from the dugout, you have the batting cages in the clubhouse and, but they also have the baseline and they said it's the exact distance from home to first. So that way a pinch runner can practice warming up first. I was like, that makes total sense. I was oh, like, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, I was like, I never thought you would have that, though. But it makes complete sense that you would have something like that. It was cool. It was basically a baseline, like, right next to the batting cages where a pinch runner, like, Terrence Gore could be back there just, like, running to warm up to pinch run. I was like, oh, like, something so simple that I never thought of before. Um, And then, you know, yeah, you got to sit sit in the dugout, and I got to pick up the bullpen phone. Um, so it was, it was, it was nice. Um, oh, and then they said they're bringing in, well, they already revealed that they're bringing in the fence over there, um, like where the Honda club used to be. Right. right, Um, yes. So it seems that they're just evening off that little indent there. And now it's going to be called the new like speakeasy club, which I guess is going to have like a twenties vibe to it. Fascinating. I was like, okay, sure, cool. And the ads around the scoreboard are all going. And then that's all just going to be scoreboard now. So they'll have the biggest scoreboard in all of Major League Baseball. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember the memes. And then, like, like keep, they kept making the scoreboard bigger. And bigger. bigger like, the entire outfield will be a scoreboard. Yep, yep, yep. But they did say that um, Cohen is really, really invested in the team and making things better because he is a fan so they said you know he wants to do like more like events with alumni and first season ticket holders and um he really wants you know to be the anti-wilpons i guess is the best way to put it which so far Um, i mean like he's proven at least in that area that like he is a huge improvement yeah um and again they said like piazza had a wine night one night and like bought in all this wine from italy and they had like a wine tasting zero percent surprised about that yeah i was like well that's kind of fun um so it 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 was nice but i'm like but you could still see like the shadow of the postseason symbols on the field i was like oh Oh, god Uh, so that was that was a little sad. I'm like, it looks so lonely and and bare now. Um, and Willie Mays is up there now. They got his number up there. Awesome. Um, so I mean, it was nice being back at City Field, even though it was empty. And I really wish they were still playing. Um, and 
you know, I did not buy a season ticket plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are a lot of money. They are a lot of money. I mean, they said you can pay in installments and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then you have like your last payment is in March. So that way you don't have to worry about it all summer. And I mean, it all sounds fabulous, but I, I have a librarian salary. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, um, maybe if I win the Powerball, sure. Um, but yeah, then you I also always get... said if I won the lotto, but now I live in D.C., so it doesn't matter. Oh, Yeah. And yeah, we went to like the, the like the Delta Club that's right behind home. I was like, yeah, I would never be in here. <laughs> um, where they get like their own like chef and also in their own bar and oh. um, but yeah, it was it was nice being back and it was a nice day. Like you could be outside and it wasn't cold and it was. I mean, it was perfect baseball weather. That and does sound lovely. Just, and it's a shame that they're not playing, but you know. Um, yeah, it was nice. I wasn't totally heartbroken like I thought I would be being back there. Um, but yeah, seeing the look like seeing the behind the scenes stuff is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun day. It was like something fun to do on a Saturday. Even. Yeah, yeah. So why not? I was like, yeah, why not? Sure, let's go and you know, spend a Saturday there. And um, but like, like I said, for fans, it does seem like Cohen is heavily invested in that players are also picking up on that. So maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed for a good off season. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, hopefully it will be base. The Mets will be playing baseball into October next year and potentially even November. Yes. And hopefully for the foreseeable future too, like, that it wasn't just a one year, like a one year fluke. Yep. And hopefully for the first time ever, the Mets will play on my birthday, which this year they continued their streak of never having <laughs> played on my birthday. Um, oh, no. They've only still, the season has only still been alive on my birthday one time in my lifetime, which is in 2015. But in 2015, my birthday happened to fall on an off day during the World Series. So they did not play in 2015 on my birthday, and they did not play on my birthday in 2022 either. But my walk-off win is still that I had a very nice birthday weekend. Um, We went to, um, Michael and I went to Syracuse, New York with his family um, because his stepdad was getting um, an award um, from the Syracuse Athletics Department um, that they awarded to him posthumously for his time as a student athlete at Syracuse, um, and which he was a fabulous runner there and his service to his community after he graduated um, for his time serving the homeless in Westchester County. Um, so it was just a really lovely like awards banquet and everything. And um, it was it was really nice to share that moment with his family. So uh, we did that on Friday night, and then they gave all the awardees and their families um, tickets to the football game. So I got to pretend to be a Syracuse Orange fan <laughs> for the day uh, at the football game, which was really fun because, like, you know, I mean, I went to University of Delaware, which, like, as I point out on Twitter all the time, uh, probably an obnoxious amount produced Joe Flacco, um, but <laughs> is not generally speaking uh, a, you know, a top tier football school. Um, 
So like the football games are fun at Delaware, you know, like it's, it, but you know, it's Delaware. It's kind of like a small little college, like it's, it's a state school. So it's a medium sized school, but like not very well known for football. Like the stadium capacity is like 18,000 or something. Uh, so it's interesting to be in an environment where like, you know, at a school that, you know, is really, really well known for its athletics and being a, being in a football dome, like stadium that holds like, you know, over 50,000 people. Um, and it being like a sold out crowd because Syracuse is like really good this year. Uh, sadly, they lost the game to Notre Dame, but oh, um, boy. still fun anyway. Um, and it was, and we had a lovely breakfast beforehand for my birthday at a diner called Stella's Diner. Shout out to Sam for the recommendation. He is a Syracuse alum as well. So he was like, oh, I'll go to Stella's. It's like right down the street from your hotel. And we did, and it was lovely. Uh, and so it was just a really nice birthday weekend. Um, so that's my walk-off win. Ooh, and I will cheat and add a small second walk-off win, which is that at physical therapy today, I uh, did a full revolution on the stationary bike for the first time ever. So I can Woo! ride a bike now. Yay! <laughs> so that was a very exciting like milestone that I was very excited to reach because uh, I have my next follow-up, my next post-op follow-up with my um, orthopedist, um, in the morning tomorrow morning and so i'm very excited that i can tell him that i like oh i can ride the bike now i did a full revolution on the bike um so that was like a nice little uh rehab milestone for me so well and happy birthday too thank you thank you i'm glad you had a nice birthday it was a nice birthday Mike, when michael and i got back from uh syracuse we went out to late night ramen and drinks (laughs) which was (laughs) Uh, so that was that was lovely um so it's just a really nice uh really nice weekend um but while you're waiting for the Mets to make some signings (laughs) uh, which you know according to Andy Martino of SNY they are both exploring the free trade uh, the the trade market and the free agency and it's like thanks Andy (laughs) yeah great analysis wrote one of those articles that says absolutely nothing (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah you can uh if they do happen to make a signing you can go to amazingavenue.com we'll have all the latest on that we're running our season review series um right now where we review each player on the roster um and their season uh so those are running like pretty much every day now for a little while um the amazing avenue off-season plan contest will be starting very soon uh so yeah lots going on over at amazingavenue.com can check all of that out you can follow amazing avenue on twitter facebook and instagram at amazing avenue you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda at linda Saravich. you can follow this show on twitter at a pot of their own you can email us own at gmail.com please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from amazing avenue audio you can get our entire suite of wonderful pods The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.